2: This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. And folks, we had an episode that was outlined and drafted, and I I feel like a, a writer of live TV because that episode and that script is on the cutting room floor. It will never see the light of day. I think, Brendan, correct me if I'm wrong, it would have been titled the You Darvish episode. It was going to be that episode, and we were going to run yep. through the run that he's on, how it's been four-plus starts since he's walked anybody. He's got a 36-0 to K-to-walk ratio in his last four starts here for the Cubs. But that is probably not going to be the focus of this podcast, you guys, because the Cubs, as they have done so many times this season, certainly on the road, they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They go into the ninth in Philadelphia, already having lost the first two games of the series. They go into the bottom of the ninth with a 5-1 to lead. They get the first out of the inning. So a 5 to 1 lead with nobody on and one out. 7 to 5, the final. Phillies win. Bryce Harper makes it around back to home on a walk-off grand slam in about 3 seconds. He got from home back to <laughs> home. He was running as fast as I've ever seen anybody run. And the Cubs are swept in Philadelphia. So they drop 2 of 3 in Cincinnati to start the road trip and they get swept by the Phillies who replaced their hitting coach prior to this series starting so Brendan I I was watching this one and am mostly at a loss for words here uh this is a I'd have to run through the list and maybe I'm forgetting some but this is a gut punch of a loss this is a terrible loss for this team Uh, I mean, as we were watching it, I'm thinking to myself, this this is
0: probably the most stressful moment of the season. And for that to end with a grand slam is just heart-wrenching, man. But it does show that the Cubs' main issues are still persisting. Lack of positional depth. Bodie and Happ should not be in the middle of the infield. An unreliable bullpen supplemented by one-year deals and trades. Holland blowing the game. And Joe Madden, I hate to say it, those suboptimal decisions, it's amplifying all these holes in this roster. Pulling Darvish, you can debate that, but wasting Tony Kemp in that situation and leaving Hap at second base, those three things magnifies all these issues, and it surfaces in losses like these. Again, Corey, this is the same conversation we've had for
2: four months, man, four months. And... I, look, I don't know if this can be fixed this season. When they're going right, I think we all know that if this team got hot at the right time, you had the offense going, Darvish pitching like he has over this last run, Hendricks pitching like he can, playoff John Lester, if you can get Cole Hamels right, like I, I think we all know that this team has the raw potential to pull something off. But yeah. series like this and the way that they play on the road, you really have to ask yourself, is that going to happen? Like, is it going to come together at the right time? And and I, I genuinely don't know, because like I, I told you before we got on, Brendan, that when they were up five to one, even having lost the first two in this series, you were thinking, you know what? like, Schwarber's hitting bombs, KB with a really long home run on Wednesday night, hit that game winner in Cincinnati, Rizzo with a home run tonight, Darvish is pitching, like, the the player that the Cubs signed, like, if they can click right at the right time, they can pull some BS in the playoffs, right? And we've seen teams yeah. who looked all over the place during the regular season, pull it together at the end, and win a World Series, or at least win a pennant, <sighs> win a playoff series, whatever. But, yeah. You just watch them lose games like this. And I've said this before, this team has that opposite vibe, namely on the road, of that 2016 team. Where but do they, you think
0: it's a road issue, though, Corey? Because like, I don't. Like, I think to a degree, the road schedule does it magnify and amplify these the issues. Yeah, yeah, but I th- I think when it comes down to the main issues, right? They're teams the same don't issues. play as They're the same issues. They don't, like most teams don't play that well on the road. That's just how it works. But when you have a roster that's consistently evolving, those issues, again, the key word here is amplifying.
2: All these issues are amplified. On the road, and right, and I mean, you can you can point to the decision to use Tony Kemp as a pinch hitter, but not keep him in, even though he's likely we haven't seen that much of him, but he's a better defender at second base, at least with more experience there than Ian Happ, and. This goes back to something that we talked about throughout the off season, where you committed to Addison Russell and you you know, you made that decision, but then when, you know, you have made the decision to commit to someone like Russell who has not been an average or you know, really even close in a lot of these seasons hitter. And now and, he's in Iowa. So right. you waste your four million on Russell who's not contributing. Right. And you That's, didn't you I mean, didn't add any more depth to that. So I think this was something that we and and others you know on on cubs twitter and and other outlets were pointing out throughout the off season that okay like you have you brought russell back but that's it like you don't really have any other guys that are are ready to play major league level shortstop if Baez is hurt for an extended period or like on a night like Thursday where he's just ill I think he has like a, a you know a flu bug or a stomach bug that's going around the locker room you're just ill prepared for this and you send Russell down for the right reasons he was missing signs he wasn't hitting he was a mess in the field at times just making poor decisions left and right which is fine to to you know ask him to try and develop and to get better and and regain his focus or whatever nonsense they were spewing at the time, but you don't have anybody else ready to fill that role, so right. that's a roster right. thing, man. Like that's a and front it's the same thing with, thing. with you Ian Happ too. Prepare for these types of situations. The shortstop position when Russell is not on this team is literally Javi or bust. And David Bodie made some nice plays tonight. Like for for a guy that does not play shortstop, but you know the, the the misplay in the ninth. You've got Ian Happ. Two balls at the very least. You have to keep on the infield in the ninth inning. It just out of his reach and at the very least you need somebody at second base that keeps those balls on the infield we can talk about the bullpen all we want and like obviously I think you guys know us well enough to know that we're less than thrilled that the Cubs are losing pennant chase games with Derek freaking Holland on the mound right because that's just not how this should be drawn up but yeah. we can talk about the bullpen all you want but there was at least three balls in that inning that are not hit particularly well and that are in the direction of your middle infield. And you only needed two of them to get converted into one out, right? To get out of that inning. So... This there's a lot going on in this one. You can debate Madden's decisions to take out the relievers at different times. Certainly to take out Yu Darvish at only 92 pitches. I I don't know what rush we're in to get into that bullpen. You could look at that. You can look at the front office for how they built this roster. And then ultimately, as it always is, you got to look at these players for not getting the job done. Strope coming in just a total mess. You got to stop using the guy right now. We we've said this before. Pedro Strope is a friend of this podcast. I would take a bullet for Pedro Strope, but he's not right. He's barely throwing fastballs at this point. He's sitting 89-90 with, with different pitches. He's not throwing his 94-95 mile-an-hour fastball like we've seen in years, and he's all over the place. Hits a batter today and a 1-2 count. You, you can't rely on him to be that guy, and I know you've got injuries, but— it just feels like a lot of the decisions being made and, and just the way that this roster is built. You're right, Brendan. It's really biting them right now. And then all of these issues that we have talked about kind of relentlessly are being magnified to a greater degree in games yeah. like this. Yeah.
0: It's it's not one person or one right. aspect at fault right. here. And that's that's one thing. That I think should be emphasized because on, on Twitter, right, a lot of thoughts are, hey, fire Joe Madden. Joe Madden is the one who cost this game. Fire Joe Madden. It's it's not as reductionary as that, because like you're saying, Russell having a three point four million dollar contract this year to be in Iowa could have been used on someone who can play second base. Having Ian Happ sent down three days before opening day could have been used to fill a roster spot with someone adequate. Instead, we had Mark Zagunas on the roster. These are issues that should have been addressed, and to not have sufficient backup plans for this is inexcusable. So that is on the front office. And Joe Madden. yeah, he messed up. He probably should not have pulled you, Darvish, despite Darvish saying, hey, I'm coming out of my mechanics. You know what? I'll have you come out of your mechanics. Yeah. You're better than everyone else in that bullpen right now, you, Darvish. Because like also you're not, in that even,
2: spot... In that spot, Brendan, just to jump in, like John Lester's coming back out for that eighth inning. 92 pitches through seven with nine strike, with 10 strikeouts and no walks. John Lester's coming back out. And, and I don't believe this, no matter what they say, because you's not the type of person that's going to throw this coaching staff or anybody else under the bus. I don't, right. I don't, it didn't sound like with what they were saying that you was demanding he come out. He said his mechanics came out after the fourth inning. He was lights out through seven innings. Who cares if your mechanics came saying, out? He's not saying that he was gassed right. like last time. He this said, yeah, I, I, it's different. fine. I came out. I, I could have been done. But that's not demanding. Right. The last time he said he was sick. I, I'm ill. I need to come out of the game. That is is not what we heard tonight and and you just your your top guys in this bullpen are all hurt you've got to let your starter who has not walked somebody in in 102 batters Hundred and two batters since you Darvish last walked someone. What is the rush to get to this bullpen? I I, I just don't get it, man. And it's like you said, it's yeah. it's a it's a confluence of issues that are magnified in these games. And as we've been saying this entire year, it's extraordinarily weird to try and reconcile because this team is literally tied for first place. Right. So we have right. to figure out a way to push forward. Right the ship as much as we can, and like I said at the beginning, just try and find a way to get this team to click at the right time, which is you know right now really, but to win the division, and then towards that middle to end of September, and try and get on a hot run if you can win the division and get into the playoffs. But I mean, do you think they can do that? Honestly, Corey, I d- I, I really do. But you do but, but I know I know you like
0: do. This- I I do I I do I I do too. Yeah. It's just. These issues do give me pause because we're talking about the same issues. I keep saying this. We're talking about the same issues we were talking about four months ago. And so I'm imagining a playoff scenario right now. And if Strope is not at his best self, that's an issue. And he's not right now. And if Stizek is still dealing with that injury, that's an issue as well. So the, the bullpen may not be this perfect picture that even you and I have been describing the past few weeks. I mean, the last episode I was saying I was confident with the bullpen, but Strope coming out in this series looked terrible, man. He looked really bad. And when you have guys like Rowan wick and Kyle Ryan, both of whom are still adapting to professional baseball on a consistent basis, both of whom need good defenses. If you're going to have Ian Happ and David Bodie in the middle of the infield, that's not going to help you. Right? So there's, there's still reason to be optimistic, but I, I gotta say this one series it does give me pause because it does amplify magnify some of the issues that you think are eventually going to be solved but we're in the middle of August man we've been talking about this for four months four months Corey.
2: I I mean the, and I, I you know I don't think they're gonna they're gonna go anywhere but I, I think that as we've discussed this team just has the 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 raw talent from top to bottom to pull it off that it, it's just losses like this are so. Disconcerting, and, and they really just take the air out of out of the sales and whatever other cliches you want. I mean, dude, five <sighs> to one with an out in the ninth inning, trying to avoid a sweep, trying to get a win for your starter that was absolutely lights out is just not a game you can be losing in a pennant race. It, it just isn't, and and this is kind of why I think throughout the year we are so hard on them after some of those bad losses and and other games that get away from them because you're you really start to run out of real estate for losses like this Th- that just has to be a win brendan five to one in yeah. the ninth inning you have to convert that into a win and to find a way to lose that game is just a killer but they're still in first place if they weren't in first place, they would be in the wild card game. So right now this is a playoff team. And so we know that the way that the MLB works, you know, lately it's been kind of the juggernaut teams figuring out a way to get through it and win the championship dating back to really the Cubs in 2016 with them and the Astros and Red Sox following beating the Dodgers, of course, two straight times. Like it's not that easy, but this is not, we, we can't be looking at this like a lost season. Like some some of the reaction to losses like this and even this sweep are, are that this season is over and just throw it all in the garbage. And this team has legitimate flaws. This organization might have legitimate flaws that we've discussed before, but the, the, the division is still right there. You have to figure out a way to put those blinders on and just be like, look, we have a month and a half left. We need to figure this out right. Right now, put your heads together and figure it out. It's it's
0: an odd situation to be in because, yeah, this is a playoff team right now. And a lot of the guys are coming into their own. Schwarber has been great, Corey. He's been really good. He's, he had another home run in that last game of the series. Ian Happ offensively has been pretty good. And even in the outfield defensively has made some nice plays. A lot of these guys are coming into their own. Rizzo had another home run. But the same flaws in this team. That cost him the 2017 NLCS. That cost him the back end of the division last year. They're, they're still here. So it's hard to to generate that confidence, but banking on health in that bullpen and banking on just the randomness of, of baseball that you see in the playoffs is kind of where you have to put your attention right now. I... I'm at a loss, man. I'm, I'm really, yeah. I'm really at a loss. No, I
2: mean, I, I don't, I don't think that we're going to come up with an answer. But you know, there, there's also the issue we didn't, we even, we didn't even touch on. Hamels was not good again, and this is coming back from that injury, and we saw this happen when he came back from the oblique injury with the Texas Rangers that it was a bit of a struggle for him and he promised he wasn't going to come back too early but especially when you look at the results and the velocities of his pitches you have to wonder if he's not completely healthy yet and you certainly give him time but if Hamels is not going to be good. And certainly the jury is still out on that. I'm not making a conclusion on that. But this is a couple starts in a row where he's giving up a lot of hard contact. The velocity isn't where it should be. Location doesn't look like where it should be. If he's not going to be good, that's a problem. Like that's just a legitimate problem for this team. Um, I I think that we can, Kyle has bad outings every now and again, but he should be really good the rest of the way. John has been fine. You get him into the playoffs. He's one of the best in the game. But Cole Hamels has been a rock for this rotation since he came over in that trade from the Texas Rangers. And if he's not right, that's a huge blow. Even with Darvish kind of ascending to this other level, you, you were, I, I think, kind of banking on Hamels to not pitch like Stay this. That and that this level. is, yeah. yeah, a couple outings in a row. It's a little concerning.
0: But even if Hamels is not his best self, Corey, having Kyle Hendricks, who should be fine, you Darvish, Quintana has been pitching better lately. Lester is going to be Lester. I don't think the rotation is going to be overly problematic. It's still an issue, I think, with Hamill's inju- injury, but overall, I still think the back of the bullpen, the health, the positional depth, Madden's suboptimal decisions, yeah. those are going to come down to be the, the crux of the issue here.
2: Yeah, because look, and we're not going to talk about it because it didn't happen, but the original lineup today included Albert Almora at the leadoff spot. So, like, Brendan, that didn't end up happening. So I, I guess we, we, we already ranted about this. There's nothing more that I have to say about hitting one of the worst hitters on the team and someone who has been one of the worst hitters in 2019 against left-handed pitchers, who Drew Smiley was the starter on Thursday night. In Albert Almora, I've made this point about him hitting leadoff. I, I've stated many times he ends up hitting ninth on Thursday. Fine. I got no problem with that. I never said I hated the guy. Never said he should never play again or anything like that. Quite the contrary. Yeah. I just said please stop hitting him lead off, and certainly not like fifth or in the middle of this lineup. Okay, uh, yeah. so we don't have to go on this same rant again. But it it's I think it it speaks to the larger point where we're all kind of searching for answers, and there there seems to just be a, a little bit of a disconnect between us as fans and what we think is going on and what we think Joe's doing and what the front office is doing. Like When I heard Jed Hoyer on 670 The Score on Thursday afternoon, before the lineup had even come out, say that Hayward was still dealing with the knee thing and that Elmora was going to be leading off, I can't even explain how enraged I was. A, that it would be happening, but B, that this was coming from Jed cuz I'm thinking right. Jed there's no way you face, think this no is a laugh, good idea. Nothing. Terrible. Where is the oversight? And and if there isn't any oversight, are we supposed to believe that Theo Epstein is sitting there thinking, "Yeah, Albert should be leading off. He's got a 270 on base percentage, but this is a great idea." We're we're, we're entering the day St. Louis was technically ahead in win percentage, right? So you're you're in the wild card game when this decision is being made and everybody's just chill with this? Like, in, in what universe, Brendan?
1: Bet Saratoga from anywhere this summer with NYRA Betts, the official betting partner of Saratoga Racecourse. NYRA Betts players enjoy world-class HD live streaming covering races worldwide, instant replays, exclusive bonuses, and earn points on every bet. New customers that sign up today receive a bonus match on their first deposit up to $200 with promo code SPA. Join today at NYRA bets.com and make sure to use promo code SPA to earn your sign-up bonus up to $200. You give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-885-4884. 800-885-4884.
0: 800-885-4884. That's one of the issues we have with the bullpen is that maybe Madden is not going to manage this appropriately, where even in 2017, where you have you know John Lackey serving up home runs to Justin Turner to lose games, right? So, and then we saw the same thing, having Derek Holland, by no means, Derek Holland should ever, Corey, ever, be on the mound in that situation. It's like, how did we get to this point? So, it's not as if I'm overly concerned with, you know, the talent at this that this bullpen has. They're, they do have talent. It's just more or less giving these guys roles where they can succeed. Not having Rowan with Corey, go multiple innings elongating him, getting them into a clean inning to start the inning, right? So those those are the issues at hand that boiled up in that last game. And I think going forward, this team does have the talent. It's just a matter of can the Cubs use them appropriately? Can they extend Hugh Darvish to go into the eighth inning and then use Kyle Ryan and Roman Wick in a more logical
2: manner? I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. I mean, really, I'm trying to put this all together and and figure out what's going on here. And I I wish I had a more concise, clear, insightful answer for all of you, but I really don't. And I, Brendan, if you had to say right now, as we're sitting in August, and again, this is a first place team, so you have to kind of balance exactly how you're feeling about this. But do you think that if you had to pick one of the three areas – Is is your attention directed at the players for not making necessary developments to be a more consistent group? You look around the league at some of these teams who are just kind of pounding out these 95 plus win seasons which the Cubs have done a lot of but we have seen the inconsistencies uh mm-hmm. are you looking at the players for just not making those adjustments and and not performing in in the instances that they need to are you looking at Joe are you looking at the front office or do you really believe even on a a bigger picture level not just a game like tonight is this just kind of a a confluence of several different factors not necessarily performing at their best. I don't think it's on the players, right? Like the players have an incentive
0: that's millions of dollars to keep their jobs, to make more money, right? Like they're trying their absolute best to adapt, to develop, and use all the resources at hand to get to that point. I I, I don't think effort is ever a, a factor in these situations, maybe for a few players, but generally not a factor. The factor for me starts with Theo Epstein in the front office. I think that's where you want to start when trying to figure out what went wrong. And when you go back and you backtrack of all the issues, the number one issue at on hand, Corey, that you said, that you said in February was, hey, I don't know about this positional depth. I like the rotation. I think the rotation is good enough. That's been the case. The rotation has been good enough. The positional depth has hurt them. They lost another game because of it. So I think Theo and the front office, the dev, the developmental staff, it's not as if their lack of effort is contributing to this as well. It's just just you know not being efficient, not being good at what you've been good at in years past. And I I, I do think deep down, like when tw- in 2015 when all the Statcast data was released, Corey, right? A lot of that data was then implemented in minor league stadiums. I was talking to one of my friends. Who's a coach for one of the one of the teams in single A? He's showing me, Corey, track man data for Braylon Marquez for every single minor league player in baseball. All levels, all levels. That was not there in 2012, 2013. And I think what teams have done since then, like the Astros, like the Dodgers like the Rays, is figure out a way to use that data to bring out the best in their guys. I mean, Houston always does this. They go out and get pitchers. They bring them over, Wade Miley, Charlie Morton, and they become Cy Young candidates. Like, the Cubs just have not done that. They've done that with Arietta, but since then, you know, not, nothing really. So I think that's where it comes down to, is there is a point in that 2015-2016 window where the Cubs got caught up to and that's on the front office. That's on the front office for not developing their guys, for getting the the resources where you can go out and get the most out of their guys. I don't think it's a player issue.
2: Yeah, I tend to be with you I I I really only ask that because and, and you know, certainly you and I are not ones to defend or promote or anything of the sort, uh, Chili Davis. But I, it just is interesting <laughs> to think back to his quotes when he was fired or not retained, uh, that, you know, he was pretty direct that some of these guys needed to make adjustments and that they were, you know, the onus was kind of on them. So I only bring that up just because it was something that he said, but, right. but who brought in, who brought in Chili Davis though? It's that would the be front Joe office. It's yeah.
0: Joe Madden as well. Who's vouching for him? Right. Who kept Joe Madden? The front office, right? So, like, that's where you know the blame can be circulated. But at the end of the day, those decisions, that infrastructure, is solely at the desk of Theo Epstein. Right. right? Again, we're seeing the consequences of some of those issues today. Still, four months into the season.
2: Yeah, and I and I think really why I end up asking that question uh, again. I, I can't preface enough that this team is still tied for first place. Like, this is not a lost season. I've been saying that the whole year, but the reason I bring it up is because I think that there is starting to be at least some chatter. I see it in some places. You know, kind of people wondering aloud, like, yeah, the team won 95 games last year, but it was a bit of a slog in the second half, and there were pretty clearly some issues with the group, and obviously those uh, come to the forefront in them getting knocked out of the playoffs. And you have a year like this one where it's definitely not been an easy road. They're not on pace for a big win total. And so I think the question starts to become why is a group that was so good, the best team in the league pole to pole and and really looked to be reaching that peak of an organization in baseball in 2016. You had all these prospects coming up, you had developed them, you had brought them up successfully, a lot of them seeing early returns when they were called up and you win a World Series, right? And I guess the question starts to become, where is the consistency in that? And I don't think anybody's asking them to win 103 games and a championship every season. That's not realistic. But you do start to ask yourself, like, why was the second half of last year so much of a struggle? at times. And right. why did the You're team right. peter out the way that they did on an offensive level in the last weekend of the season, and then the tiebreaker with Milwaukee and the Wild game I mean, with Colorado? what do you think the issue is, then? What do you, I mean, what do you think the issue is? I am not really sure. I, 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 I tend to think that this front—and I think this is kind of the point you were just starting to make—like, I, I think that this front office has— fallen behind a, a, a little bit it, it it just what what other answer would there be brennan it just seems like they had such a a large pool of talent that was succeeding and the money to play with to make it work and it's just been inconsistent and i and i just don't think right. it should be this way when you have Javi Baez reaching the point that he has in his career, which really wasn't a guarantee.
0: But to be fair, though, that was brought upon by having Chili Davis come in. There's one thing Chili Davis did successfully. It was promote the development of Javi Baez. And I point back, and I wrote about this even in March of 2018, where you have Chili Davis and Joe Madden and Javi Baez talking about the adjustments that Javi was making. And those were started by Chili Davis, where he had more of an open stance, he got rid of the two-strike B-hack approach that many clubs continue to use, and that did promote Javi's development. It's just no one
2: else developed at the same time. Well, so, so, but what I meant was that there were times in... 2014, 2015, right, where we weren't really positive what Javi Baez was going to be. And over the last two years, at the very least, right, he has been really good, uh, about as good as many of us would have ever dreamed he would be. You've got Chris Bryant routinely when he's not injured like he was in 2018, Putting up top of the league numbers from an offensive perspective, Anthony Rizzo has been one of the most consistent players in baseball, putting up really good numbers from first base. Like you, you've got Wilson Contreras coming out of nowhere to be a starting catcher before he got hurt in this season. At times, was the best offensive catcher in the league. Like you've got so much that has gone right for this team. Why yeah. are they in a dogfight? right, with the St. Louis Cardinals and a Milwaukee Brewers team that has like a negative 30 run differential. Brendan, why is this such of a a struggle for this team to, like I said to you before we got on, the Cubs have two more wins than the New York Mets. Brendan, why? Why is this such a struggle yeah. for a group that has had so much go right and has such a high payroll? Why, why is it this difficult? for them two years in a row now to compete in this division. And, you know, again, like obviously was coming off the World Series in 2017, but that beginning of that season was an absolute mess. They were under 500 at the All-Star break. They only win 92 games in that season, which I, I say only as if it's nothing. But Easy, to, you don't. You're not always guaranteed to win a division when you win 92 games. That's not exactly putting sure. it away right in a definitive sure. fashion. So I, I guess I'm, and I don't have the answer to this. And again, in a year where they very easily could come back home on Tuesday, start to rile off wins, get people healthy, and and find themselves winning the division and having success, I, I guess you're just starting to maybe ask the question of why has this been such of a hassle at times for this group that I. I it, it just really felt like in 2016, after 2016, even if they hadn't won the World Series, like you just felt this organization yeah. was on the rise. They were, they were hitting on so many things. They were ahead of the curve on so many things. And it just feels like a struggle They're at this point to, I mean, seriously, Brendan, like the, the Brewers are not good. <laughs> like I'm with you. they, they, we, we should not be in either. a dogfight with a team like the Brewers that doesn't even have a positive run differential on the year or a starting rotation. <laughs> Right. And, and so like, you know, yeah. again, I, I know that sometimes this stuff can feel overreactionary, reactionary and I'm not like burning anybody at the stake right now, but I, I think it's fair to ask these questions. Like, I, I just think that the trajectory this organization was on and what we all believed would be the case uh, for the plan and, and for all of this when it started to really get rolling here, like they are in real danger, folks, real danger of either not winning the division and having to play in a wild card game again, or just straight up not making the playoffs. Like that is a real possibility for this group. And I think it's fair to start asking the question of why is that happening? I, I, I think about this a lot more often than I should. Um, <laughs> All day,
0: I'm sure. I come to one point in, in time, and I think when they won the World Series in 2016, which they did, by the way. Yeah, they do did. Forget they don't that. forget. World Series. Right. Yes. Yeah, don't forget that. But Again, it goes back to what I was talking about where the the whole infrastructure of data in baseball shifted. They got rid of pitch FX, they brought in Trackman, Statcast, okay? And that again, that was to the minor leagues. The entire baseball from top down had this change. And the Cubs in 2016, a lot of their guys having success were in their rookie or sophomore years. Contreras, a rookie. Chris Bryant Sophomore MVP, even Rizzo to a degree. What was he like? That was his like third or fourth full year. A lot of these guys did not have as deep of a scouting report against them, and so after 2016, they went to 2017. the 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 book flipped. The scouts then had a scouting report on these guys. The Cubs could not get these young guys. The Addison Russells, you know, even at times Contreras, who that season was on Iran, came back, didn't have it. They didn't get a lot of these guys to that next step, right? And it took them a little bit longer to even have Contreras rebound, you know, in, in this year in 2019 after 2018. And I think, to a degree, it's not using that data as well as the other teams, as the Astros, as the Dodgers, like I was saying. It's also the juiced ball effect. The, the environment that Theo started this whole entire rebuild Drastically different, right? Like even in the last three years, FIP and ERA have grown over half a point. That's insane. So back then in 2012, pitching was not as scarce as it is now. Hitting was so scarce. So what did Theo do? I'm going to draft hitters, hitters, hitters. Then I'm going to go crazy with low risk. What he thought to be low risk pitching prospects, none of whom have worked out. 160 pitchers, Corey, none have been significant contributors after being drafted by the Cubs. That's an issue. So it snowballed into this effect where now you have the Cubs not being able to promote their successful rookies, their sophomores, to the next level. And they're pulling at three different hitting coaches to figure it out. And now it's surfacing to the to the top where these these poor draft picks for their pitchers are not coming through. They gotta spend 120 million on Darvish, you gotta spend eight million dollars on Brandon Morrow, eight million on Steve $13 thirteen on Tyler Shatwood. And now you're allocating all your resources to pitching that has also not been productive. So now we're financially restricted. We still have talent, but we don't have the coaching infrastructure to get to the next level. And this is what happens. You have a team at seven games above 500 who has enormous talent and still perplexes us because they've been so good at times, but not consistent. And I think that comes down to them being a little bit behind the curve in 2015, 2016, and 2017, when all these teams started to adapt. And I'm always reminded though, and this is my last point when it comes to this, when Brian Smith of Bleacher Nation at Cubs Prospects came on, or on on the podcast a few weeks ago, he said, wait on the Cubs pitching development because right now they have a lot of guys at the lower levels who are throwing 99, 100, like Braylon Marquez. Those guys are going to surface in the next year or two because the Cubs changed their philosophy within the last two years. So as bad as this looks right now, Some of the changes they've made in the last two years, we may be seeing those effects next year Hmm. or in 2021. And then we can actually get a better evaluation. Right now, this may be a weird bubble where the Cubs, yeah, look, they're behind the curve right now. Now they had to adapt. It sounds as if they are adapting. Look at Ryan Jensen, their first round pick this year, throws 100 miles per hour, right? Or in the upper 90s, whatever it is. They never did that. They always drafted guys 90 to 92 College pitchers, seniors, juniors, underslot guys go high with the high school picks uh, later in the in the round with hitters. Now they're shifting their philosophy, and I think we will see the fruits of that within the next year or two, because you know the Braylon Marquez's will be circulating through the system. So it, it's weird. It's a long answer, and I think about this all the time. But I think that's what it comes down to: is that point in time where the Cubs got past. 2016, 2017, and now they're reshifting their focus, and we may see the fruits of that in the next two years.
2: Yeah, because I I think that the the question comes up also partially because of what has been kind of a running thread through this podcast, and that is that it would be one thing if the Cubs lose tonight on you know, some some really good pitches by Rowan Wick that just sneak through the middle of the infield or, or something like that, right? But the way that they have lost so many of these games and what we say so many times on these post-series podcasts is exactly what we were worried about the entire offseason and right. some of the same issues that we've seen in these prior seasons. So I, I think that writing it off as, well, baseball is hard. They're in a tough division. The National League is better. Like, yes. Yeah, some of this is true, and and sometimes baseball is just going to baseball. There's plenty of losses where you really do have to just kind of wash your hands of it and just say, look, it happens, right? The guy hit a bleeder down the line, like it happens, right? But like Thursday's loss isn't one of those losses. That is a roster construction and usage loss. That is a loss that you can see kind of miles away, right? And that's where you start to kind of start asking questions of, okay, like, why is this happening? Like, why is this the case? What exactly is going on here? And and even with stuff like Almora being put at the leadoff spot, like, where is the front office? He hasn't developed. So that's a problem in its own right, right? But then are they yeah. failing to recognize that failed development? Are are they stubborn on some of these things? Like those are legitimate questions. And and I think that when we start to see this stuff so late in the season, it, it does bear kind of starting to at least float these ideas of what's going on here? Like we need to look at a deeper level. And and this isn't to um because I, I did throw out three different kind of bullets there, like like you said, Brendan, like no one thing is is the answer. No one thing is the problem. No one thing is the solution here. But I, I agree with an earlier point that you made that so many times in these losses, it gets thrown solely at Joe Madden, right? He took Darvish out too early, or he brought in this guy. And I, I agree. I agree with a lot of that. But there's also stuff that falls on the front office that you can't just. Dismiss and I and I think that it it's it's a weird place to be. But I almost feel like Joe has taken too much of of the brunt of this. And like as more of this happens, Brendan, I I start to question the front office more. I guess is my only point. Like I'm not defending a lot of the stuff that Joe has done because he certainly has the ability to use different players or not put out more at leadoff, right? Like there there there's so many different things. Like Joe ultimately is the one that goes out there and takes you Darvish out, right? But Joe also didn't put Derek Holland on the roster, right? Joe isn't the one that didn't sign any shortstop depth, right? Like those aren't his decisions. So some of these things, like, you have to ask where they're coming from and why are they happening this way. So I don't know. I, I, I don't really have an answer. And It may not be something that we get an answer on until the offseason or really even ever, right? Because presumably how this goes is if the Cubs don't perform, Joe will get fired and then it'll be on the front office to make changes and see if they can do better. Uh, that's just how this but that's goes. The, that would be the fourth the fourth straight year that's been, that would happen, though. Sure, but that's so just how you, it goes. Fired, like, Tom, Tom Ricketts know, isn't going to the, fire Theo Epstein if they don't make the playoffs. It's not going to happen. But it, isn't that—,
0: it, isn't that, isn't that It's going to start with things?
2: Joe. That's just how it works in, in, in baseball yeah. and really want, in just in professional sports. So that's that's how then, this— like chain that's how this food chain is going to go if if the ship goes down that's what's going to happen if they succeed and they they pull off a successful season then who knows what they do but the yeah. these issues aren't just going to disappear and so again like i think it's important to continue to reiterate that like we're not blowing anything up we're not firing anybody here tonight on the cubs related podcast we're not uh, tossing this season in the garbage. Like I'll be there Tuesday yeah. night at the game, section two sixteen, ready to go, ready to do my job and take care of business and get this team back on the right track. I thought I had gotten them back on the right track, and you know they'd be coming back and we'd just sort of be continuing on a nice little pace here. Uh, but I'll push them back on the track again. I'll, I'll I'm happy to do it, but I I, I do <laughs> think it's I do think it's fair to start asking these questions. Like I I, I just don't think that it should be this problematic Hard. for this team to win what has not been a good division like the the teams are better in this division for the most part but it's not going to take 95 wins to win this division this time it's not going to take 100 right. wins to win this division and the the cubs are still in a place like i said where they are in real danger of not making the playoffs like that is a legitimate thing that might happen to the 2019 cubs and you can look at a series like this Philly series and say, yeah, Wilson Contreras is out. So many of their relievers are out. Javi's out. Tough luck, right? Like that's sports. That's baseball. Those guys might not come back. Like there's no guarantee that everybody's healthy. You got to deal with what you got to deal with. And even without Wilson and Javi tonight, they should have won that game and they found a way to lose it. And so... I don't know. We're, like you, you are, you guys already figured this out. Like we didn't even do a recap tonight. We didn't even really like it's, it's lay an outline. Podcasts. Like this is just sort of like a, a thread of consciousness of Brendan and I. Like as we're going through this, but it's it's been a really weird year, and I and I think you guys all know that. Like to try and reconcile the fact that this team has been aside from that two and seven start, like near first place or in first place the entire year, but these concerns just keep popping up and and I think that at some point it's it's not being a overreactionary uh, worry wart of a fan to point them out. I, I think it's just sort of being a, a realistic person who's watching all of these games and looking at these numbers and looking how some of these other teams around the league are developing talent and and performing on a daily basis to say I don't like this should be better than this like I, I just, and and still you and I have said this so many times, Brendan. Like just the pure roster should be better than this like this roster shouldn't be seven games over 500 man like they just have better players than that Corey, to get to this point where
0: we're even having these conversations for the third straight year is a problem and so they go and fire joe madden right let's say the season ends today joe madden is not coming back right he's gonna have to go on a tear get this team through the playoffs probably to come back if that happens and he is fired that's the fourth straight year, man, yeah. of having a different Constant coach. Constant change whether is it's the manager. And this is coming from the mouth of Theo Epstein, who says continuity is of the utmost importance. Well, this will be the fourth straight year where they're not going to have the same coaching staff. And that, I think, is an issue. So it goes back to even last uh, season, where they brought back Joe Madden by not extending him, making it known that he was not going to be extended. His agent goes out. Joe Madden saying, hey, I'm going to be a free agent. I'm going to own this situation. And you create more drama that way. But at the same time, then you waste another year of development if you were not sold on Joe Madden. If you're not sold on Joe Madden going into 2019, why did you keep him there? Why not just fire him going into 2019, bring in a completely new staff and try to get that continuity? If there was ever the slightest chance that he would not be back in 2019, to have that be your fourth straight year of a coaching change is on Theo Epstein. Yeah, I don't agree with what Joe Madden does. I I love Joe Madden. I even when he does not come back, I will like Joe Madden. I disagree with a lot that he's done in the past two years. I still like the guy. But it's not his responsibility per se for why the team is doing so poor. He is at fault, don't get me wrong, but it's his bosses that brought him back. They're they're at fault, Corey. That's that's gotta be where the blame is at.
1: Did you know Geico's now offering an extra fifteen percent credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's fifteen percent on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your teenager to help
0: around the house? Okay, mom, I emptied the dishwasher, vacuumed the basement, and folded the sheets out of the
2: dryer. Wait what? Oh, and next I'm gonna clean Mitten's litter box. Are we in some kind of prank show or something? That's a camera, isn't it?
1: There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit geico.com for details.
2: Little did I know that when I joined Kaiser Permanente, that it would be on my top 10 list for what has made this year great. I can see my physician. I can be referred to the lab. I can then be referred to the pharmacy all in the same building. You, you've got it all. I mean, it's it's quality of care, it's compassion of care, it's convenience of care. It's true.
1: Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Condition Health Plan of the Middle Atlantic States, two one zero one East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland two zero eight five two.
2: Right, but uh, yeah, and, and I mean, like, dude, I, I'm like looking at this, and it and and I think this is where this frustration comes from, and and why we're asking these questions. Like, you think about. All that some of these teams have gone through, and, and when we've read these headlines looking around the league, like how bad some of these teams ha- have been at times and, and the struggles that they've gone through, like the Cubs have a worse record than the Washington Nationals right now. They would be a half game ahead of the Philadelphia Phillies who have been a, 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 a dumpster fire for part of this season, right? Like they have two more wins than the New York Mets. They have four more wins Brendan, then the San Francisco Giants. Like that's why we're asking these questions. Like the Cubs should not be in this conversation. They just shouldn't. And and so it yeah. just sort of puts you at a loss for words where you are competing with like the absolute middle of the National League, and I just don't think that's where this team belongs. I, I don't think that's the the trajectory that they were on, and it it ought to be better than that man but you like i said you you this isn't a lost season it it's still right there we've been saying this for months and it's going to remain the case it, it's it, the, the the division and a playoff spot and a trip to the NLDS is right there for the taking and and you just have to stop throwing games away it's just so many games at this point joe madden always talks about that trash can where you just ball it up and throw it in there and i I mean no i mean we've we've swapped it out dude like it it's not a trash can anymore i mean it's a it's it's (laughs) It's one of those dumpsters like from an alley in chicago like that's what it is no doubt uh it's too big at this point i mean we had two of them in this series right like you get blown out in one of these games and you just absolutely toss this game away on thursday to end up getting swept so uh, guys, I don't know. I I, I really don't because Do you like Corey. I don't get it. It's it it really is balancing. Like I I genuinely believe right. Like if you had this offense going at the right time, you had Rizzo hitting well, Castellanos coming in and, and playing the way that he has. Hayward, who has been obviously much better in the 2019 season, Warber doing well. Hap is back exactly. Up. Chris I mean, Bryant putting on. up another huge season like you get a start like you got from Darvish tonight you get that bullpen back it's it's totally possible and it's it's not even asking that much like i think when you look at some of these other rosters for uh certain teams and i mean even just because they keep coming up like the mets are one of them like they need so much to go perfectly for that team to succeed, getting through a wild card game and winning all those series to like get to the World Series, like it's it's so much that has to go right for them and it's it's kind of a crazy ask, right? Like it's not asking that much for the Cubs to succeed. You're really not asking for that much, but series like road trips like this first of all and series like this in Philadelphia make it difficult to kind of keep that perspective and i don't blame you if if you've lost it um this was a this was a gut punch man i think this is definitely thursday night is in the conversation for one of the worst regular season losses i think that we've uh, witnessed in the last few years. I mean, you. I mean, I can't. I can't think of any any worse one in recent memory, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd have to really think about it, really um, dig back, which I usually forget, you know because right? obviously yeah, blowouts are bad, but that they're they're not as much of a a, a gut I mean, punch as this one. one. Walk off grand slam happening that way. I mean, come yeah. on. So uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that you know, and again, like th- there's so much time left in this season to totally changed the narrative I mean we could in in both directions like we could be talking about this team in a completely different light uh even come Tuesday when they're headed back home certainly a couple weeks month from now but it's I think it's fair to ask some of these questions and I think that nights like tonight are the time for asking these questions because like there there's no point in Breaking some of these uh, these games down individually, there's no point in in focusing on some of that. This game we'll sucked. This series sucked. And I think sometimes it's good to just have these conversations where we just let it flow. And you know, I, I think usually you guys are right there with us, just kind of like not knowing what to say uh, about this. I think we all know that this group is better than this, and it's it, it's frustrating, Brendan, because. We're we're not talking like we're not asking this team to play at a 700 win percentage pace or something like that. We're not asking them to win 110 games, uh, but right now it feels like a big ask to get to 90, right? And that's crazy. Like, isn't that crazy? Yeah, man. Uh, I I don't I don't know, Corey. I think the the
0: amount of talent this team has, it's capable of going into October. Winning these small series, especially when you Darvish is clicking, especially when Quintana is clicking, especially when Hendricks is clicking, right? Like you can see it working out. It's just one: can they get to that point? Can they make the right decisions to get to that point? And I think that's fair to ask. And kind of the main point that I see a lot on Twitter is is not using these guys in the right situations. And for for that, I I can empathize and get on the same level as. For fans who don't have that that confidence in the Cubs doing that, but I still I'm, I operate under the assumption that like baseball is the weirdest sport in you know of all the major sports. It's, it can be so random, right? So all it takes Corey is just one or two weeks for the Cubs just to win, the Cardinals to lose, Milwaukee to lose, and it changes the narrative. Now you have more of a cushion, and that's still within, well of the, in, within the realm of possibility. It's still very possible. It's just, is it likely? I don't know at this point. I always thought, even in those June podcasts, when they were still not doing that well, even in May, when Darvish was not throwing that well, we still had the confidence that, you know what, this will all work out. I think we even said this verbatim, Corey, like, the bullpen's going to be different in August. So you and I said that several times back in April and May. It's going to be different. They're going to get Castellanos. We said that in in June, I think. And it is. It is different. It's just now the problems are still there. Now now what? Now what do they do? And I think that's where a lot of the anxiety lies, and I, I get that. Still, all you got to do is get in. You play a five-game series, three of your best starters, have Rizzo, have Javi, have KB, go off. You win that series. And anything can happen right. after that. And at this point... That's all you can really bet on. They're in first place tied, not by winning percentage, but by, you know, wins and losses are tied. Could be a lot worse. I know it's crazy to say, but it could be a lot worse.
2: Okay. All right. Let me, before you do the, before you do the series preview, I I do want to end on a couple of positive notes. uh, Somehow I'm going to find, I'm going to find the courage. I'm going to dig deep and uh, find the courage to end with, with some positive stuff. Um, and the first is that Kyle Schwarber hits his 100th career home nice. run in Fastest the game on Thursday. To do that, Yes, he he is the fewest he has the fewest number of games this of course from Christopher Kamka as always a wonderful follow from NBC Chicago their stats guy Fewest games to 100 career home runs amongst players who debuted with the Cubs. Kyle Schwarber now at the top of this list with 453 games to get to 100 home runs. Chris Bryant at second with 487. Ernie Banks with 500 games. Javi Baez, 602. Billy Williams, 611. And Ron Santo 708. So obviously, very fine company for Kyle to be keeping. And, you know, obviously not to delve too much into this, but I I do think it's indicative of while Schwarber is a rather polarizing player uh, as far as fans who really think he's awful, uh, they're misinformed, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, And those who, you know, I think really try to to see the the true value in him despite a low batting average and stuff that really doesn't matter. uh, This is a, a really cool stat. I mean, that's really... Elite company to to be in, uh, especially in baseball, but just obviously amongst those names in Cubs lore and stuff like that doesn't happen if a player is not skilled, right? right? And and putting together productive at bats and plate appearances and making those adjustments, which so, is why we're so uh,
0: perplexed that they're as a unit performing this you know this poorly,
2: right? But so, obviously, uh, congratulations to Kyle, someone I, I happen to share a birthday with. So I, oh, you know, you he go. and I both went to Big Ten schools. Michigan's a better school than Are Indiana, but also... A d- you're
0: not the same age as him, though. He's no, one year younger he's younger than me. Right? Whatever it is. Yeah.
2: No, I think he's a few years wow, younger than old, me. Corey. you're getting old, I am wow, dating geez. myself here. But yeah, i uh, getting old. Uh, anyway, uh, I also want to... Again, I, I talked about this at the beginning, and this was... Part of our, you know, regularly scheduled programming. Uh, but you Darvish was unbelievable again on Thursday night. The pitcher the Cubs signed, and while it's late in this podcast, so it's possible uh, that some of you won't even hear this if you didn't make it all the way to the end. Uh, but Brendan has been saying this all along. He he's said this was going to happen. He's believed in this the entire time, and uh, I will give him credit wow, for that. You, he has been on the U Darvish is going to be really good. The pitches look really good. His release point looks good, and it's happening. Uh, so, you know, just to to keep with some uh, Christopher Kamka stats, again, at C. Comka, C-K-A-M-K-A on Twitter. U Darvish with his second game this season with 10 plus strikeouts and no walks. It's the sixth of his career. He is the first Cubs pitcher with two of those in a season since ya boy the lefty number 34 john lester in 2017 over darvish's last eight starts he has 63 strikeouts and two walks and a 2.77 era during that time like i said earlier in the podcast it has been 102 batters not since the start in san francisco the fourth inning on july 23rd that is about four and a half starts ago since you darvish last walked someone so for all the conversations that we had about his command and how insane it was in the 2018 season and his his debut he is on fire right now and it is worth again it really should have been the star of this show and it it's a real shame that that it's not uh because Darvish pitching this well and it it really you just said this about Schwarber but like with just some of the individual performances that are getting from some of these guys it's really confounding as to why the overall record and and production has not been better uh but kudos to you Darvish and if the Cubs can tighten things up in some of these other areas you uh, Darvish pitching like a number one top of the league starter which he has been is big news for this team and if you're able to win this division and get into the playoffs you Darvish is a weapon in in the playoffs I, I think yeah he's I, I don't really team. disagree with you yeah. right now I yeah I mean he's been unbelievable and to be on a stretch like this with the stuff that he has he was throwing 95 96 in that sixth and seventh inning in Philadelphia on Thursday. Thursday night uh, showcasing that breaking stuff and to be on a run like this with no walks is rather exciting so tighten up some of this other stuff and hopefully we can enjoy you doing that a little yep. more
0: okay so let's preview the series against the pirates in pittsburgh so one more road series before they return back to wrigley field for their giant series starting on tuesday but on Friday, start time, 6.05 p.m. Central, Kyle Hendricks back on the mound for the Cubs with an 8-9 record, a 3.48 ERA. He'll be facing Corey Musgrove for the for the Pirates, 8-11 with a 4.71 ERA. And actually, check that, Joe Musgrove. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said Corey Musgrove. I say Corey too much, that's why. And Saturday, the Cubs have... An earlier start time, a 12.35 p.m. Central start time. They'll have John Lester on the mound, who is 9-8 with a 4.43 ERA. He'll be facing Stephen Broth for the Pirates, who is 3-1 with a 4.33 ERA. And then on Sunday, Sunday night baseball, Corey, unfortunately. Jose Quintana on the mound for the Cubs. 10-7 with a 4.11 ERA. He'll be facing Mitch Keller for the Pirates. On the year, only 17 innings pitched, but he has a one-to-one record with a 7.94 ERA. Pittsburgh sucks. They are 50 and 70. They are done for the year playing like absolute trash. They have been losing to the Cardinals. So hopefully the Cubs can return the favor and and sweep Pittsburgh back out and go back to Wrigley and you know try to write the ship with you in the crowd there, Corey. Um that's all I really have to say. It's just you gotta play better, you gotta make better decisions got to play better defense, kind of tighten it up. We're, you know, a recurring record at this point, but it's just that simple, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this will be fairly telling for this group, uh, this series in Pittsburgh. This is a team that has nothing to play for, that they ought to really hate if they if they don't, uh, just because of their scumbaggery, <laughs> if that's a word. It is, no. Uh, that, you know, that the Pirates engage in so often. And look, like, Philadelphia is fighting for a playoff spot like they're a tough team you you know you go up against Nola in particular in one of those games like they're they're a tough team so getting swept by them is certainly not good or acceptable but at least you're losing games to a team that's in the hunt and you're on the road but losing games to the Pirates you, you just can't be doing at this point the Brewers and the Cardinals have cleaned up against them uh, certainly not a tough task for them to beat the Pirates and you You need to respond to the way that this road trip has started and certainly the way you just lost that game on Thursday night you got to come out and respond and you got to be better than a team that stinks and anything less than that is going to be a real problem Uh, and I think would create a a very interesting vibe if they get back to Wrigley Field and and don't win this series here uh, against the Pirates you really don't have a choice and (laughs) and for can you imagine that podcast Sunday night (laughs) Uh, Well, mm, no, uh, I don't want to think about that. But it's true, and and you know, look, like the season isn't going to be won or lost this weekend, just from a statistical, like literal standpoint. Um, But you you have to respond to this series. This is one of those like you got knocked down. You need to show everybody that you're going to get back up and and keep fighting here. Pittsburgh stinks, and like I said the the two teams you're fighting in this division race have had no problem wiping the floor with them routinely yeah. in the, in the Cardinals and Brewers. So you you haven't won a road series uh in months now. It, I don't even know how many it's been at this point. It's so many. It's it's just so gross. Uh this is where push comes to shove. Like you need to show up in this series. You need to course correct a little bit and and get back on that winning winning path because at some point, Brendan, one of st louis or milwaukee is not just going to sit there and wait for you to figure it out and you're running out of time to to do that so you have to respond to this philadelphia series you need some of these guys who uh had some bad starts hendricks hamels you need them to come back and and give you better efforts and you, you just need to tighten the whole thing up you, you have to be better in this series but brendan one thing I'm not looking forward to, uh, they're going to be wearing uniforms that say Cubbies oh, on that's Sunday the night. Lully game. Come on. I forgot on. about that. Yeah, the oh, Little League game. Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Corey. Oh, my God. You, um,
2: you guys know how I feel about that. I think I've said this before. I detest the Word cubbies and using that phrasing, <laughs> worst uh, for this, this team. Series unbelievable, though. Brendan, I gotta be honest with you. Usually, my gripe with the word cubbies is that it sounds weaker, it's it, it sounds demeaning almost in a diminishing right, like a, a way to describe the cubs. Somewhat fitting tonight, right? Like, wow, I, th- harsh, these Corey. were the cubbies. It's like the tonight. harshest thing well, you said all yeah. night. I mean, Jeez. do you disagree? No. <laughs> Not at all. The, them wearing jerseys that cubbies. say cubbies on it is, is going to send me for a, a bit of a loop. I'm gonna, There's going to have to be some cognitive dissonance on that night. But other than that, guys, I think that's all we have for you. I, I don't know if this was any good or not. Uh, and frankly, tonight, I don't really care. Uh, this is just, I'm, I'm telling you, just a stream of consciousness from us. Uh, we recorded this pretty much right after they lost this game. I walked across the street back to my apartment and ripped right into this. So you're kind of getting our, our raw feelings here. Oh, um, yeah, well, filtered, we, we kept the explicit tag on. I, I know there's there's some folks, uh, David, I'm looking at you, we, we thought about it, but... Uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna, we'll, we'll save it. We'll do it eventually. Maybe we'll, we'll set up a premium feed and we can just unleash on it. Uh, though, like I've, I've said before, I mean, it literally would just be, be me saying the F word like every five seconds. You can mix in a few other words there. You can, you can can diversify your vocabulary or I can do it for you. Oh God. But yeah. So, I mean, that's just what it is. I I think again, like we, we, we have to, they play tomorrow night. You've, you're in a tight division. You gotta figure out a way to wipe the slate clean and do better tomorrow. The, the division is right there. The playoffs are right there, and I and I think the talent is is there with this group to bring it together and and ultimately have success in this season. But it certainly doesn't mean that a series like this, and especially games like Thursday night, are enjoyable for any of us. So we are uh, certainly suffering. Right there, along with you and we'll be right back at it tomorrow ready to go uh when the cubs take the field against the pirates so as always we thank you guys for listening and joining us and boy i, I really hope we have a, be- a oh better God, uh, tone and a-, and a better uh outline for you on on sunday i hope we have a road series win to recap because boy brendan if we don't it's going to be an interesting one but anyway Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us, and thank you guys for your support. We will talk to you on Sunday night after the Cubs complete their uh, last series on this road trip in Pennsylvania with the Pirates. So thank you guys as always, and whether uh, they are running pole to pole to win the division and ultimately win the World Series like they did in 2016 or whether they are making us want to punch holes in our walls, go Cubs. That's a camera, isn't it?
1: There's never been a better time to switch to GEICO. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit geico.com for details. Kaiser is off the chain. Everything is in one place for you. Your x-ray will be done there. The doctor will see you there. The labs are there for you. And then the nurses that work with you at Kaiser, they make you feel so at home. They're there to meet your needs. I would not be alive today if I had not had Kaiser Permanente. I feel really, really great knowing there's a place that I can go to make sure that I can maintain good health on a regular basis. Every medical case is unique. Kaiser Foundation health Plan the Elm 2101 East Jefferson Street Rockville, Maryland 20852. Did you know Geico's now offering an extra 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your baby to let you sleep in? Yeah. <laughs> what? We could sleep in another half hour? Thanks, sweetheart.
2: And you'll change yourself, too?
1: There's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Limitations apply. Visit Geico.com for details. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history